Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Grand Blitz, episode 348. In the house, Oscar Lopez. We're going to have Hall of Famer Holly Custis. On top of that, the salty one returns this week, Mackenzie Brooks. And on top of all that, we are going to have the NFL Honors first inaugural game changer, which is the Sam Gordon of the Utah Girls Football League. She'll be here in the No Joke Football Huddle in about 15 minutes. Talk to her about everything that's happening in Utah, plus uh, everything that's been experienced by her up to now and the challenges for women's tackle football and girls tackle football to get maybe to a high school level. So let's bring in uh, the Hall of Famer to break down college football uh, this week. We're going to also be breaking down NFL Week 11, preview uh, NFL Week 12, and we're going to be all over in terms of the women's game in Gridiron uh, West, Gridiron uh, North, uh, New South Wales, plus Gridiron Queensland. So it's going to be pretty awesome two hours jam-packed. So welcome uh, to the Blitz. Don't forget, Blitz, sponsored by MonkeyKnifeFight.com. Check it out this weekend. Big NFL Week 12 slate. So uh, new players who sign up and deposit will receive a bonus using code NJF. Use the code NJF, no joke football, at MonkeyKnifeFight.com. So you can receive a 100% match on your deposit up to $50. Uh, minimum deposit is $10. So if you're tired of the building lineups on FanDuel and DraftKings and SuperDraft, you can go right there to monkeyknife.com and use the code NJF and get started today. All right, Holly, what's going on? Not much. How are you? I'm doing great. Uh, I'm just getting ready for Thanksgiving like everybody else. Zoom Thanksgiving <laughs> on top of all that. <laughs> yeah, same here. I'm not uh... – we're not really doing a whole lot, you know, <laughs> there's nowhere to really go or do anything. Um, so we're just going to basically relax at home. Uh, but I think that's we're what gonna a lot make of everybody people are going to do this year. Holly, everybody's <laughs> going to be jealous, right? You're Zooming, and if you didn't get a chance to taste the pie, I'll do that for you. <laughs> and then everybody's going to be jealous because <laughs> we're having pie. <laughs> well, you could set up where you have multiple people on Zoom and you and then you try to have a conversation. I'm sure somebody's going to get creative, but it kind of is what it is this year. Yeah, it is what it is. Um, I mean, uh, all my family is pretty much within an hour uh, distance away, so not too bad there. I know there's a lot of people, obviously, that have family across the country and stuff like that. So uh, pretty cool, actually, for Zoom to do that for free on that day. That was pretty awesome. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a, not only, you know, thoughtful and needed, it's also, you know, great uh, uh, marketing for them as well. Um, so it's a win-win. Uh, Holly, what do we say of uh, this week, this this college football week? I know you were uh, texting me things about the Pac-12 and the committee and everything else, but um, what do we say of this this week that just passed on in college football? Well, I mean, the the games themselves were really interesting. Um, you know, the Indiana Ohio State game. Um, yeah, you know, I've talked really highly of Indiana all year. I think they're their defense um, is very scrappy as well as their quarterback, and, and they believe in themselves. So they're a really nice story for the year. 
um, and they pushed Ohio State. Um, and then Cincinnati survived a scare against uh, UCF. Um, the uh, Northwestern, um, you know, uh, took it to Wisconsin and had a statement win. Um, so we had some interesting games. Oklahoma uh, won their rivalry game with uh, Oklahoma State. Um, and uh, But really, there was a lot of games that were postponed that we didn't get to see. And that's going mm-hmm. to be basically the norm this uh, uh, during this season. Um, and then the, the college football uh, committee just released their first rankings of the year. And as we, we talked about previously, it's going to be very interesting because because of COVID and because conferences are starting at different times, and even the conferences that started early, they're going to lose games because these games are getting canceled left and right. They're going to have to look at teams and try to compare them uh, when one team might have, you know, 12, they might be 12-0, and 0, one team might be 10-0, and 0, one team might be 7-0, and 0, and that's going to be very difficult. And so everyone is always interested in the first um, uh, rankings from the committee because um, it kind of tells you what they're thinking and how they are evaluating teams. But this year, you know, every year the first one comes out and everyone freaks out. But this year is, like, really interesting. <clears throat> so um, you in the top, like, four or five, there's no real surprises. You have Alabama 1, Notre Dame 2. Uh, Clemson 3 over Ohio State is interesting because uh, Clemson uh, already has a loss and Ohio State uh, is undefeated. Mm-hmm. But Texas and Florida and Cincinnati uh, are not surprises. Where it gets really kind of choppy and weird is I'd say between, I'd say between eight teams eight and twenty. And what's interesting is you know speaking from a, a Pac-12 perspective, <laughs> I think we can all agree that you know we knew um, that it would be difficult considering how late that we started. Mm-hmm. But the committee. Um, you know, really did not rank the, the Pac-12 very high, and they also did not rank BYU very high. So BYU and Oregon are teams that in the AP poll, BYU is number eight and Oregon's number nine, but in the committee, BYU 14 and Oregon 15. So that's a big difference, I saw right? that. How, and how, then, how do you take two polls and then completely just not go with I mean, I could see if they're off by one or two rankings, but completely off right. the top ten. Even. Yeah, I, I think I think what we're seeing because then you're like then you're like okay, well they they dropped in this poll, so who who went above them? And what you see is the committee, uh, you know, rewarding teams for playing more games because there are multiple teams ahead of these two teams that have two losses already. Georgia has right. two losses. Oklahoma has two losses. Iowa State has two losses. Um, and in Texas, right behind them, also has two losses. So what you're seeing is that the committee is rewarding teams for playing more games, which I understand to a point. And I think for me, um, you know, being one of the teams that is, uh, you know, that had a disappointing first ranking, I think it would be more understanding if you had, for example, a BYU who was 9-0 and and then you had a team above them that had one loss. Because you can kind of, that's a fairer or closer comparison. 
But there's no way that I think an Iowa State at 6-2 and two should be above BYU. Like, that makes no sense to me at all, right? And BYU's actually played a lot of games. I know their schedule's not very strong, and that's probably part of it. But I so think we're looking that at a conference is bias? Is that, is that your point? I, I, I like think so. Like conference bias? I, I, I do think that plays a part because if you think about yeah. it logically, yeah. right, let's say yeah. uh, the Big 12 really made out very well in the first ranking. And mm-hmm. let's say the Big 12 and the Pac-12 switched, like, their scheduling around. And the Big 12 played the Pac-12 shortened schedule and the Pac-12 played a longer schedule. There is no way <laughs> – that these would be reversed. You would never have uh, an undefeated Big 12 team, right? Let's just say they played like three games. And then let's say you right. had a two-loss Oregon. The two-loss Oregon would never be above an undefeated Oklahoma. Like, that would never happen. So I think for me as, um, you know, a West Coast fan, you understand that it's going to be different. You understand that COVID is going to make it difficult. But some of these rankings don't make any sense to me. You know what I mean? And so I'm interested to see week to week how that changes because some of these teams are not going to be able to play all their games. Some of them are being canceled left and right. So maybe I'm hoping that maybe it all evens out at the end and maybe just these teams have played so many games ahead of um, like Oregon or even like Wisconsin um, the two and one and look great in two games, but hasn't been able to really play a couple of their games and lost their last game. They were in a, a hole as well. And so it's going to be interesting to see does the committee adjust the rankings and do they give more, um, you know, respect to like some of these teams in the, in the big 10 and the Pac 12 that start playing more games. Is that gap going to close or not? And if it doesn't close, and I think that's an indication that there's definitely a bias there. Um, but, you know, it is what it is at this point. <laughs> it's 2020. I will say the, the top five or six are, are not a surprise. I, I do think Ohio State should be above Clemson just because Clemson lost. You know, I think um, that was kind of surprising to me. Um, but, you know, we'll see what happens. But that, that's kind of uh, the long and the short of it in, in the weekend. Um, but I just, I'm, I'm curious to see week to week how this changes. Well, you know, that's the point. It's like, it's the first one out. We're not going to freak out to your point. We've got to literally analyze the next, what, t- till the middle of December, really. Right. And then we get into the last week right. of December is when we're really going to have to have beef. If we're going to make an issue of it, you know, like, yeah. okay, well, total conference bias. Right. <laughs> You're like, okay, this is, <laughs> this is going to be an issue. Right, because then you get then you get really like you said, based on cancellations and based on true play, uh, they're gonna they're gonna really have to reassess. I mean, is it no different than the election? <laughs> I'm just like, can oh, COVID just not screw everything up? You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, the committee, you know, I'm talking about the committee and you know and things like that. Oh, I think I think all of us are are, are ready for 2021. Oh, yeah. um, so oh, I yeah. I hope. I hope to God that does not sort of thing happens with with the the, the rankings. I think I think if anything, it, it's just going to be complicated. I just I don't understand some of the decisions. And um, usually when these come out, you kind of have questions on maybe two or three teams, but I have questions on like ten teams. So I think for the average fan, I think 
I, I don't know, you know, I haven't had a chance to see like if they've come out with their explanation on these. Because usually what they do, it, when everyone plays a full schedule, then they're like, okay, we have different things we look at. We look at, like, their best wins and their worst losses and who they played and, you know, the eye test and all that stuff, right? So but it's really hard to do that when everyone's playing different types of um, games and, and different amounts of games. So um, it's going to be different. I just – some of this didn't make any sense to me. Hopefully – they, they prove me wrong, and they it eventually works itself out. But right now, I have question marks. <laughs> yeah, I agree with that. Um, let's bring in the salty one, the champ, the powerlifting champ, salty one. What's going on? Mackenzie Brooks in the house. Man, this girl can What's kick up, ass. What's up, y'all? Uh, me, and Nate, me and Nate were toning ourselves down because we're not manly in your, at your level. Because <laughs> we're just done. We're like, my God, this girl is kicking ass. Look, man, I, I can't even tell you how much fun I had, but I was so sore. I mean, and that was, like, super delayed. And I was like, oh, yeah, I'll be fine. You know, I might have a little bit of soreness, and then, bang, Sunday hit or Sunday night hit. And I'm like, oh, my God, <laughs> I can't move. It was so – oh, it was rough. The, when the, we, had, we had, like, three days champ. off. You got to take it uh, as a champ. Yeah. You go to the icebox? Oh, uh, I did. <laughs> had to. Had to. <laughs> Had to, oh, but you know, wait, let's let's keep keep going with this college thing, man. These I gotta get rid of Holly. Like some of these these rankings are interesting to me. I'm and like the fact that BYU has been disrespected. I don't. I'm not. I'm not super on board with because I don't think BYU has actually lost a meaningful game in probably two straight seasons. They're almost comparable to that UCF uh, team with Mackenzie Milton before he got hurt. So it, it's just interesting to me. It doesn't, it doesn't shock me that Alabama's number one, unfortunately. Because, uh, you know, yeah. I, mean, I think the top five they have the game, right? wasn't going to change. I think we're really debating like six through, four, six through ten is really what we're looking at. I mean, you know what I mean? It's like that's kind of like where we're at right now, six to ten. Yeah, six, like six, six to ten to I feel like could, could be <laughs> no, six, uh, to 20, six to twenty. Yeah. yeah, I feel like you know a good probably ten percent of the rest of those could be a toss up. I don't think Clemson should be over Ohio State. I think that's rather stupid. Um, mm-hmm. I just, I mean, you know, they they were almost on upset alert last weekend with that close one to Indiana, but I mean, they you know they came out with the win, but. Clemson lost to Notre Dame and almost handily. And how they're still ranked over Ohio State, who has yet to lose a game, is beyond me. I will state, however, just because I can, I was number 24, and I don't even care because, you know, we are on the ranking, so nobody can say nothing to me about nothing. Nobody's football nothing, okay? All right, my Iowa Hawkeyes are on the board. I knew you were going to bring that. I knew you were going to I don't even care. I don't even care. Look, don't, don't hate, all right? The Hawkeyes I'm are slightly relevant. All right. So uh, how about my Bruins? Let's just go with that since you're going with that. How about my Bruins? Okay. I, I can give your Bruins some credit. That's fine. But, I mean, in all, in all honesty, <laughs> I'm kind of surprised that there's, there's you know, so many Pac-12 teams on, on the ballot right now. Just because, I mean, like, you know, y'all season started two sure. weeks ago. So, you know, we only have two on there. 
<laughs> yeah. That's what I'm saying. That's there's still too many. That's too too many. Oh my you know god. I mean, all right, let's go. Okay, I mean, the Big Ten's only had an extra week. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Touche. Let's all go right, to the huddle. Let's uh, let's get our girl in here, our uh, NFL honors game changer. Let's uh, let's get bring in. Uh, dial in. Sam, the Sam Gordon in the house here. Should be coming up in a second here. Um, so talk to her earlier today. She's be coming up in a second. Um. See her. Hello. Hey Sam, how you doing? It's uh, Oscar. I'm good. Uh, from Blitz. I got Hall of Famer Holly Custis here with us and Mackenzie Brooks. Uh, we're all excited to dive in. And how, how's your uh, Thanksgiving weekend? You guys getting ready for Thanksgiving at home? Yeah, it's been good. Finished the last day of school today, and then going on break. So feeling pretty good. <laughs> awesome. Uh, it's been a while since I talked to you. It's been like I, I want to say a couple years. Since we chatted or talked, yeah. So uh, I feel like it's been a minute. <laughs> you have grown a lot. That's what we have to say. You have grown a lot. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and a lot of things have changed, of course. Um, I mean, we're uh, we're talking like seven years, right, with the Utah League since you guys started the league, and now it's almost uh, almost almost eight years, right? If I'm right. Yeah, I think so. Uh, we just had our sixth season, so it has. It's been a lot of fun, and it's grown a ton over these past over these past couple of years. Uh, Sam, t- tell the fans, uh, you know, how's that experience for you? I mean, uh, there was no outlet, you know, per se formal outlet league. You and your dad, and then I believe Chris also started it with other folks. Um, how's that experience been so far in, in this, you know, small time frame still? It's It's been amazing to watch and see something grow that has never been done before um, and kind of to see it change from 50 girls in our first season and nobody really knew what they were doing out there on the field to now girls who know how to hit and they know how to tackle and you would think they were raised as football players and, you know, seeing elementary school girls going out to the fields and it, it's so exciting to see uh, what we've created in such a short amount of time. And for you, uh, the transition, has it been difficult for you? I mean, you're like the figurehead of the league, but I mean, in terms of like girls looking up to you and, um, you know, and things in that nature, is it, has it changed for you? You know, like all the, you, you, you had personal fanfare, right? Like your own fanfare. And then all of a sudden this takes off and now people are realizing, oh, you know, it's an actual uh, league that girls can play in. And now we have like this huge growth. I mean, it's been awesome. We've had a we've had a lot of support, um, and it's been amazing to talk to people about it. A lot of people I don't think understand exactly, um, you know, what we're doing a lot of the time. So I really like talking to people and kind of showing them how much girls want to play football um, within its the league itself. I would say the most time I get fan girls is when. Um, you know, I see these, I go out to a little elementary school game and then afterwards kind of just like mm-hmm. going up and talking with some of them. And it, it is my favorite thing just because I love to see how excited they are to be out there playing football. Um, but when I'm with there with the, all the other girls who I've been playing against and with for the past six years, um, it, it feels like it's all of our league um, because we've seen it grow. We know what it can do. We all help pick up all the equipment and stuff after the games. And so, the league itself, I, I feel like uh, the only time I really feel like the, the trailblazer and head of it is when I'm talking with the elementary school girls. But it's just 
it's my it's my favorite thing to watch them be so excited about it. Um, Sam, the moment that we all saw, we were all you know teary eyed and we were all excited for you. Um, it was at the at the honors, the NFL honors. Um, can you tell us about that moment for you? Yeah, so uh, I won the very first uh, NFL Honors Award Show Game Changer Award. Uh, and, you know, first female to receive an award there. And I think that was such an incredible experience to kind of get that opportunity to talk about girls in football and um, to really see the support that the NFL has given us and giving us that spotlight to really show that women want to be involved in the world of football and that we want to play football. And I think being able to talk and seeing the support from the crowd and everybody else after that, it's amazing to know that people are behind our back and um, we're not alone in this fight. And I like the fact that, you know, it was these uh, NFL athletes really embracing it and understanding because I know a lot of them have daughters too. And this is kind of an opportunity of realization for them that their daughters can actually, you know, do that as well in the future. Um, and given the flag programs that are being started by NFL flag and, uh, and the college level now, I think that opportunity is going to grow even more in the future. Yeah, I think I think it's amazing uh, to see kind of I, – I love seeing dads out there with their little girls, and whether that's somebody who's from the NFL or just somebody in our in our league. Um, it, it's I love those daddy-daughter moments out there on the football field, and I hope that's something we can keep creating. Um, Sam, what what are you doing downtime now? Besides, are you doing soccer too? Because I know in the past you were thinking maybe I'll go pro soccer, and I know you're a big soccer fan, especially for the local teams there. Um, so where, where's the next journey if, for you, in other words? Uh, yeah, soccer is definitely um, a big one for me. I've been playing that since it was, I was four, um, and it's always been a goal of mine to go and play soccer in college. Um, so continuing with that, um, I just applied early decision to Columbia, so that's been exciting, um, just awesome. kind of keeping up with the schoolwork and um, soccer. And then, of course, this girls' league, we've got the lawsuit that just finished um, or we're still waiting on our results from that, but we just finished trial. Um, so, yeah, seems, seems like a lot going on recently. <laughs> what can you tell us about the trial um, that you guys were what, – what was the purpose of the trial, in other words, for us, for our um, general audience to know? Uh, because a lot of people were, like, having this misconception, oh, my God, they're going to mandate everything nationwide, but I don't think that's the case. I think it was really just – my understanding is you guys are bringing things to light where if it's feasible, it should be right. Accepted no different than a boys club, right? Yeah. So um, we're not, we're not suing the entire state of Utah or everybody. Um, we focused in on the districts where um, we really have a strong hold in the community. And we have a lot of girls who are involved with tackle football. Um, and we basically sue them on the basis of title nine and equal protection clause mm-hmm. Um and and the overall argument of all that is basically girls aren't offered the same opportunity as boys, and the law requires them to. Um, and it gets a lot more complicated than that. Um, but that was the basic of our arguments. And um, a lot of it is trying to prove to them that they should offer girls tackle football as a remedy um, for the disparity in numbers between boys and girls who are playing sports rather than the school districts don't want to offer girls football. They say that football is a co-ed sport in high school um and instead they want to offer like badminton and bowling um and so that was kind of a lot of a lot of the trials just arguing whether or not the 
schools should actually have to offer girls tackle football um, and whether they are actually um, discriminating against females within the schools. All right, Sam, I'm going to bring in the Hall of Famer Holly Custis here to pick your brain, and then we'll have Mackenzie kind of dive into you as well. So here we go. we got Holly coming on. Awesome. Hey, Sam, how's it going? I'm good. How are you? Good. So I actually have a funny story for you. Um, I don't know if you remember, but several years ago, you went to a Utah Blitz game against my Portland Fighting Phillies. And you were on the sideline with your brother, and your brother was the water boy. Um, Mm -hmm. But I actually met you when you were a lot younger. And it actually stuck with me because I remember watching you, and you were, you know, just so happy, and you didn't realize what a big deal you were. And I was like, oh, that's that's really cool. And having played for as long as I have, I think I'm year 15 now, it made uh, me really start to think about, wow, that's how it really should be going forward. It shouldn't really be a big deal that girls want to play. This should be your your average girl that wants to go play at recess. She should be able to play soccer or basketball or football or whatever she wants to do. And so I just wanted to, to let you know that I was impressed with you even when you were a lot younger and that that stuck with me. Um, and I think you should be proud of how you handled yourself even when you were a lot younger. So I just wanted to let you know that. Um, and then my my question for you is, I know that you've been involved, uh, you know, with the Utah uh, Girls Football League, and uh, you've been involved for the uh, for a while. Um, what do you think the future of women's football is, or women in football? Um, well, first I'll just say I definitely remember going out to that game, and it was such a fun experience to see all those women out there playing football and hitting hard and making tackles. And um, you guys, that, that game definitely stuck with me too. But um, as far as the future for women in football, I think it has unlimited potential. Um, we've seen this growth just here in Utah in our community in the past six years where football would seem outlandish for a girl to be playing. But now it kind of has become a norm. Um, at least in our in our little area, we had five hundred around 500 girls this past season. And you come out to the fields and it's got that same atmosphere as the boys' league, and I think that has potential to spread everywhere, um, mainly because just like any other sport, girls want to play and they have the same ability to play as the boys. There's no reason why you should be offering girls basketball and girls soccer and then softball, but you don't have these separate girls' football teams. Um, and I, I, So I think it has the potential to you know, become official high school sports, become official college sports, and grow into um, a professional women's league like the NFL where, you know, you actually have people coming in and watching. The couple of times where we've gotten to play underneath the high school stadium for our championship games, we had a lot of people come out. You know, we had them pay $5 to get in, and our stands were filled. And I think that just kind of proves that people will come out and watch football no matter if it's girls playing or boys playing and that girls are out there and we can be competitive. And I think that kind of just shows that, there's there's a bright future for women in football. I totally agree. I, I think that um, that uh, America in general loves football and the world loves football. So I think it, we are ready to, to accept any form of it. So I'm really excited that uh, girls and women are getting more opportunity at it. Um, as a player, I know that everyone has uh, pregame rituals that they like to do. You know, some people like to listen to loud music. Some people like to be off in the corner by themselves. Uh, do you have any pregame rituals that you do? 
Um, I am definitely a music person. I love, but you know, when my team brings a speaker for warm ups, then I'm not really picky with the music, whether it's some like good 2000s throwback or whatever rap is going at the time. But uh, I, I love listening to music before a game and just kind of getting hype and excited with my team that way. Awesome. I think everyone's different, and that's why I find that question interesting. Um, and then what was the most – do you have a most funny football moment uh, in your past that you can remember? Oh, man. Uh, I didn't even know there's been so many. I think one that sticks out to me a lot is just really funny to look back at now um, is when, when I was younger playing with the boys, I, I played on defense as well, and I, I loved it. Um, and there's only one time that I ever missed a tackle, and it was because I just got trucked. Like, the kid just came at me, knocked me on my butt. Like, I got the wind knocked out of me. Um, my dad has it on video, and I think that's so funny to, like, go back and look at little me just kind of being, like, knocked onto my butt. And the kid, I think, went and scored a touchdown on that play. At the time, it wasn't really very funny. But looking back on it now, I'm like, wow, I just got pummeled on that play. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes even uh you know the the funny moments like later like you said uh those are also very memorable uh my my um uh, last question before we pass you off to mckenzie here is what is your pick for the super bowl this year oh man i don't even know uh see i'm a 49ers fan and so last year was Yay! really great all the way up until the super bowl and then oh no um, you just got another fan <laughs> <Yay>! <laughs> that's my team too this year oh, has not awesome. been so great <laughs> yeah i know i'm like so i, I want to say them but this year <laughs> that probably won't happen uh no oh gosh yeah I, I don't even know maybe i'll say green bay packers that's my brother's team so if i say that he'll give me some brownie points <laughs> <laughs> well done. I, I can totally see that. Uh, well, thank you so much, and I, I'm really excited to see, you know, what happens with this lawsuit, and that uh, I hope you do really well at Columbia as well. Uh, Mackenzie, do you have questions? I do. Hey, Sam, how you doing? I'm good. How are you? You know, I'm great. Okay, I'm not even going to lie. I'm definitely a fangirl of yours. I'm just going to throw that out there right now. I'm just going to be straight up honest because that's awesome. The, the kind of rapport and patience that you have to have to be in a position that you are in is just outstanding and phenomenal. And I just, I applaud you for that just off the top because I can't even imagine what kind of mental you know, stability and, you know, mental reassurance that you had, you know, had to keep giving yourself to, you know, get to where you are now. So with that, one of my questions is, is what would you say, uh, so far, you know, now that you're, you know, um, getting into your young adulthood, as far as coming up, you know, into playing, you know, basically being, you know, um, growing up into football, playing football the entire, you know, your entire childhood, and now you're in high school um, and about to graduate, what would you say has been the biggest challenge for you um, mentally, physically, or just all around in terms of, you know, the football league and just playing? Um, I think one of the biggest things that has been kind of hitting me um, recently is just kind of the fact that this is all kind of coming to an end. Um, and I've, you know, we've had this girls tackle football league, but it's just been here in, in Utah and uh, I'm a senior. So this year will be my final season in the league. And 
it's kind of crazy that'll be that'll be done the sport that I love so much and I've put uh so much of my heart into uh I won't have that same opportunity to play it in college um and I'm, I will definitely want to play it in uh some of the other women's leagues that are going but I think one of the most frustrating things has been the pushback from the schools um to help us and you see these girls we had moments when we were uh, in the courtroom or trying to settle the case and talking with them about our stories and about what we would want and why there's inequality within their schools and they kind of just turn a blind eye to it. And I think that's been really frustrating to kind of present, you know, the flaws that somebody has within the school system and to see them then go and turn that aside. Um, and so it's definitely been frustrating to be fighting for this um, and see it kind of coming to an end. But Throughout this trial, it's, it's definitely been an experience to see that, you know, you can make a difference even even when people are there pushing back against you. Yeah, I can't – I cannot imagine, you know, what it was like or what it's been like sitting in the courtroom, you know, trying to essentially plead your case as to why there's clear inequality and, and clear unfairness across, you know, that school – the school board in the athletic districts over there. I, I can't imagine that. So, again, just a huge applause to you and everybody that's involved in that because it, it, that something like that is not easy. It takes a, a, a certain amount of fortitude to be able to withstand that and then not be, you know, and to be able to bite your tongue at all the, you know, negative feedback or discomforting feedback, things of that nature. So I just, whew, girl, you you are something else. I just love you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> of course. So my just my final question for you, rather, um, would be, do you think that there will ever be um, women accepted into the NFL? And if so, why? And if not, why not? Um, and then just a, like a quarter part of that, um, have you looked at any of the women's leagues and which one would you think that you would want to go for once you turn 18? Um, so I do think uh, – I know there's there's some girls out there who have been competing, you know, with boys in high school and in colleges and have been doing a phenomenal job. But I do think um, it's unlikely that we will see a female in the NFL just because the pure biological differences and – um, I mean, for me at least, I, I kind of had this dream of, you know, going and playing high school with the boys and playing football there. And then as I got older and I stopped growing and the boys kept growing, I realized it would kind of be a dangerous thing for me. And no matter how much time I put into it, if five-foot me went up against J.J. Watt in the NFL, it, it probably wouldn't go very well for me. Um, and I think it's it's just like any other sport where we have the ability to to compete and watching women play the sports is um, very entertaining and it's still the same competitiveness level, but you don't put, you know, women against men in, in these other sports and it doesn't seem logical to do that in a extremely physical sport like football. And that's been one of the big debates that we've had in our lawsuit is they try and claim that it's a co-ed sport when in reality, the girls that have gone out there to play with the boys on the football field in high school have, you know, been sexually assaulted, they haven't gotten playing time, you know, they've um, been teased by the team. And so it just, to me, that doesn't seem super realistic. But I do love the idea of separate girls teams. And I've seen that thrive in the girls tackle football league. And I've seen that thrive when I've gone out to, uh, like you said, watch the, the Blitz and uh, the Portland team play clear back in the day. 
Um, and I think – so I think um, women's teams are, are amazing. I think that's the way to go in, you know, the future for females in football. Uh, as far as which league to play in, I probably need to do a little bit more research, but uh, that Portland team might be the one for me. I've always loved Oregon. Um, and I've always told myself that's where I was going to live when I got older just because the green is amazing. So who knows? That might be it. <laughs> All right. I see uh, you, girl. Well, home. you know, Holly <laughs> yeah, loves that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so, yeah. Yeah. I'm up in Seattle now, but I actually um, am playing with uh, the Utah Falcons. So I'm commuting down there. So I've been around the block, and, and if you need advice, McKinsey and I can help. Awesome. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> Jim, thank you for coming on to the podcast. We really appreciate it. We, we know you're a super, you know, busy individual with the law student. Girl, going to Columbia. Man, okay. Uh, look, <laughs> we're out here. Just, you know, keep killing it. Keep kicking butt. You know, don't let anybody stop you from what you're doing because you haven't so far. And anybody that doubts you is just crazy. So I'm thank you. Thank you for having me, guys. And thank you. Absolutely. Austin, right, go ahead Sam. and take it over, friend. Yep. Uh, Sam, thank you very much for coming on. I know I uh, pitched out a week ago, and you were very gracious to make the time. I really, really appreciate it. We wish you very, very well and success uh, in Columbia, either in soccer or other endeavors. But, uh, you know, stay COVID-free, as always, and I hope you have a great Thanksgiving weekend with your family. Thank you. You too. Have a great night. Thank you again for coming on. Really appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. All right, guys. Um, the Sam Gordon, Ollie and Mac. Uh, it's been a week uh, since uh, we talked to her, and she's going. She's excited. She's going to go to college, and and this whole trial thing's just been going on. But you know, she's keep level headed on it. She's like you said. She's committed to it and bringing attention to it, and I, I think that's admirable. Yeah, I think, um, you know, that that's one of the things that uh, stuck out to me when um, she was at the game that I, that we were playing in is that that's exactly the type of person, that, you know, similar to what Mackenzie was saying, that the boy or, or girls or women need. We need, and we have had a lot of women like that, but we need even more because, um, Mackenzie's right, you have to have a certain mentality to be able to, endure some of these obstacles and so I definitely think she has that and I think it was evident even when she was um, young and I think that's why um, you know people were gravitating towards her story even when um, her videos first came out and you know her interaction with the NFL and the, the Utah Girls League I think that's the type of person she is and so it's really fun and exciting to watch and I just hope that we have even more um, young girls coming up that uh, that have that. Um, so, yeah, I think it's awesome. Yeah, and I think it's a credit Man. not just to herself but to the family too that she's able to, like Mackenzie's point, really stay focused on, you know, her career but also understanding some of these uh, adult things as she was growing up. Yeah, you know, it, like I said, it, it takes a certain amount of fortitude and, and mental stability to go through something like that as far as being the face of a league, starting a league with, you know, with your, essentially your family, um, adding your friends to the league. And now it's just big, it's just, you know, 
flourished under this this huge thing, which is amazing. And like I said, she that girl is going to be the face of Columbia's campus. I don't care what anybody says. And if she's not, then people need to get out of a box because that girl is going to go somewhere in life and fast. Like she's very sharp. I love. I just love that. And I wish there were more, more girls, like younger girls in general at this point right now that were as committed and dedicated to something like she is. Um, there there would just be right a now, lot more things. Inspirational is the word. No matter what she does going forward after this year, she she will be an inspiration to many. Like she said, to the le- girls that play in the leagues, to some of the young girls in high school that obviously are going to go into a certain level. Uh, depending on what the WFA, WNFC, WFLA does, there's op- there's going to be obviously a different mindset of growth. And I really think you you know we have to credit her and other pioneers before her. But of course, she was more in the spotlight. And that award given to her, you know, in for by the NFL, that's that's a huge moment, you know, for a, an inspirational moment basically. Absolutely, she's. I mean, she's even inspired me a little bit, you know, to to just keep going. Like, and that's what she's done is she's had so much going on, so much negative feedback, but now people are starting to see like, you know, this inequality is not okay. I don't care what anybody says. You know, yeah, they may, there may be biological differences, but that doesn't mean girls and women shouldn't have the same opportunities to be seen and looked at as athletes and, and not just football players as athletes which is exactly what she's done and what she's doing. So, like I said, I give her nothing but complete respect and, comm- you know, commitments because she is amazing. Holly, you experienced uh, – you've seen her firsthand when she was younger. You see the highlight reels. Um, I, I really think, you know, she's at a point where it's another uh, stage of her life, right? Like, she's sad that she cannot go forward, right? It's a situation where – and I'm talking about a professional sense, right? She got to this point where there's fanfare, and now she gets to this level, and she has to choose between soccer or women's tackle football pursue, right? And so there's money in soccer, and there's literally no money in, in women's tackle football currently as it stands. So I think that's where the crossroads is. Yeah, I, I, I could see that. But I think, you know, what you could also say is look at what uh, has happened in her life so far. I mean, mm-hmm. I think, you know, sometimes in life you um, end up pushing for something that you really care about. And sometimes you're able to see that fruit right, like right away. And sometimes you're pushing, um, you know, the goalposts farther for the person behind you. And I think that's what she realizes with this lawsuit is she might not be able to benefit from it right away, because she, you know, will graduate and move on, but the people behind her will. And I think that's what's really awesome about women's football in general is that, mm-hmm. you know, at least from what I've seen and experienced over, over time, is each generation pushes it a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more. And then, you know, eventually we're, we're going to get there. You know, it's not as fast as we would all like. We would all like it done yesterday, basically. But... That being said, even though she's moving on to Columbia, you know, I don't think she's, you know, done playing football forever. I think she she you know, she loves it too much. So she might be involved in playing. She might be involved in a different way. But I think no matter what she does, she's that person that she's going to make it better for, for the people behind her. And so I think that I think that's what inspires me about her is that she has that understanding 
and maturity at a young age where, you know, not a lot of us are that mature at 17. So I, I give her a lot of credit for that. Yeah, and I, I think the, whether she goes in pro or doesn't go in pro, but anyways, if she goes to Columbia uh, University, um, you have maybe the Boston Renegades pick her up or, you know, the New York Wolves will pick her up. Somebody will pick her up, you know, if she desires to play tackle football at this point. But um, she has a, a future. You know, we do have the National Women's Soccer League, so sh- she does have that option, and she's very talented on both uh, in both sports. So there's opportunities, open opportunities for her. And who d- who doesn't want Sam Gordon on their team, right, Mackenzie? Absolutely. Anybody that doesn't want Sam Gordon on their team is freaking crazy. Like, I've done my research on this girl. She's a beast. Oh, man, I don't care what nobody say. The tape has um, to be for itself. <laughs> I mean, I'm not getting in front of her on the soccer field. Absolutely not. Maybe have a little bit bigger chance on a football field, but not much. I, I, would take, I would pick her over my own self. Well, I, I think she's going to do great. And I really wish her uh, continued success up to this point. She's done amazing. Her dad's been, uh, you know, taking care of that. Obviously, we've got to plot her family for that, too. And so um, all the coaches, everybody involved in that Utah League, pioneers, you know, and you can't say enough. Uh, this is going to be, I think, year seven coming up. Uh, we talked to Chris Sacco about that. So um, just they're going to keep it going, as to, uh, as to Holly's point. And this is a, a starting point. It's really it is. It's a trend, basically. And hopefully um, they'll take their uh, trialish concerns and maybe it's first first ride, with, just like with anything, right? The first ride and you take it and then eventually you break in the door. So that's maybe the case that will be on there. Um, you guys, I want to remind you guys, go to monkeyknife5.com. Guests can get a 100% match up to $50, minimum of $10. Go to monkeyknife5.com. You can play Monday night, Sunday night, and Thursday night, and you can use code NJF, and you get to play on the Mike and I platform. Also, uh, owners from NFLPA. NFLPA owns and is a partner with monkeyandifight.com. We are so proud to be uh, sponsored by them and uh, very, very honored to be part of the organization. So check it out, NJF. Go to monkeyandifight.com. All right, um, Holly, let's go into this week 11 that happened. Um, Arizona... Seattle, um, Murray, I think, is injured. So uh, we thought maybe Arizona was going to come in and really, you know, take another win from Seattle. But uh, the Seattle D played pretty well. And so they edge uh, the Cardinals on Thursday night. You knew it was going to be a close game, especially considering, um, firstly, the, the first game that they played. And then secondly, um, the Cardinals, you know, like I was talking about uh, last week, is they're that team that they kind of live by the sword and die by the sword. And um, I really do think Murray got, um, like, injured his shoulder, I think it was, like, maybe the second quarter or so. You could tell he was a bit more timid in throwing the ball, um, and he wasn't throwing as deep down the field. And I think the Seahawks defense knew that. Um uh, I think the the Cardinals still played well. I think this game really belongs to the Seahawks defense, which is you know still a very the Seahawks defense is a, is a question mark. Like they're they're kind of all over the place. One game they play really well, the next game they play very terribly. <laughs> so um, 
So, you know, sometimes when you're playing these division matchups, though, you, you know the teams very well. And, you know, you could tell that the Seattle uh, defense uh, learned from the first time around um, and, and uh, they were able to, you know, that combined with uh, Murray's um, injury, they're able to kind of, uh, you know, stop the Cardinals when they needed to. And on the other side, the Seahawks uh, didn't run the ball terribly well, but a lot better than the last, like, week or so. And that definitely helped uh, uh, Russell, for sure. So, you know, this is a definite big win for the Seahawks to kind of try to uh, now complete, compete with your Rams at the top of the division. And as you know, every division game is extremely important because I really do still think it's the best division in football right now. Uh, but still, it was a really good game. Um, Mackenzie, Sunday night, uh, the Raiders proved, you know, Waller and a, uh, uh, and company, they just proved they can stay competitive with the Chiefs. Uh, the Chiefs, I think, really um, had it going for a little bit, but, you know, they, they win 35-31 here. What do you say of Kansas City? Are, are you kind of leery of Kansas City at this point because we're getting deeper into closer to the playoffs and think everybody's getting more competitive or the fact that the Raiders stayed pretty close to the Chiefs? Ooh, Oscar. You know how I feel about this. Well, I'm going to just keep it real. Okay, I'm, I'm a realist. Holly and myself are both realistic players of the game. I'm leery of the Chiefs because, like I said, this time last year, they were handing everybody losses on silver platters like it was pregnancy going out of style. Okay. Then you turn around this year, they win the Super Bowl, you know, reigning defending champions at this point. And they lose one game, and the last two games have been very close. They got lucky, to be honest. I don't care what nobody has to say to me, period. The Chiefs got lucky this week, literally. Was it, a, was it the Raider defense that just gave this game away? Because, I mean, wide open Kelsey, how do you not know that? And you got like 29 seconds left. I mean, that was just literally yeah, and, and idiotic. That's, that's what I'm saying. Well, that's what I'm saying. First of all, anybody that watches NFL or knows the game of football, damn well knows, don't leave Travis Kelsey open. And damn well don't let Patrick Mahomes see that you done left him open. First of all, that's a rookie mistake. So I will solely blame that on the Raiders' defense. However, I'm going to blame the, the Chiefs' defense for the fact that they let the Raiders keep up with them. I mean, it's not even running. The Raiders proved that they could do it, like, multiple times, conversion after conversion after conversion, score, 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 back to back to back. I mean, <laughs> what, like, what do, you, what do you want me to say, you know? No, I agree. I think uh, this is going to be a really good battle um, in the AFC West, kind of like what we see in the NFC East. Now, Holly, my Rams, I could not understand why they couldn't put the dagger. They had it in play, and they're trying to give TB12 – opportunity i just could not mcveigh is driving me nuts you know the rams i honestly feel like they're you know despite obviously you have frustration because that's your team and you're always going to have you're always going to look at the, the negatives because it's your team but i think your rams are actually playing really good you know overall i i didn't think they were going to be this good this year i didn't think they would be terrible but they've actually surprised me with how resilient they've been. 
Um, you know, I think golf um, played decently this game. I think this game actually had more to do with Tampa Bay again. So what did I say the last couple of weeks? When Tampa Bay runs the ball, the good things happen. When they don't run the ball, bad things happen. Let's see, Ronald Jones, 10 carries, 24 yards, led them in rushing. 24 yards. That's it. Last week he had like nearly 200 yards and everything was great. So I think the Tampa Bay problem is they get blinded by the shiny weapons at receiver and they, they forget about the run game and they need to have that balance. Considering Tom Brady, even though he's still really amazing for his age, he's still he's no spring chicken and you need to have the defense be honest. Uh, on the Rams side, yeah, you're right. There were a couple of moments where they, they almost gave it back away. But your secondary played really well. And I think, um, you know, everyone knows, obviously, about Aaron Donald, and I, I still think he's the best defensive player in football. But your secondary, um, I think, is really uh, becoming a strength for your defense. Um, and I think that's definitely something to hang your hat on. Yeah, I, the only thing I'm concerned with is the the fact that we had opportunities, in, you know, th- third and eight, and, and you decide to run the ball when you're already killing, you're already you're oh, killing I, in the past. You had you had Cup, you had Woods, <laughs> you could have Higby. I mean, you had everybody, Everett. I mean, there was a lot of targets you could have had, and you were killing them. And all of a sudden, you go back to I, reverting to you know the the run. It was just so frustrating. I forgot about that. If they had lost a game, that there would have been a lot more clamoring for that. But you're right. I, I remember watching that and being like. Why? Why would you do that? <laughs> Considering yeah, that I was sitting there. Oh, my hair, was, and... I'm pulling my hair. I was, Holly, I was just like, what the hell are you doing? I wanted to just get a speed dial on, like, McVeigh's phone or something and go, moron, moron, no, do not do that. No. Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> Mackenzie, disrespectful that TB12 doesn't go shake Goff's hand like he didn't do with Foles? Okay. Uh, <laughs> um. I'm actually not surprised you asked me about this one. But it seems to me, and I posted this on my page, and people are seeming to agree with me for the most part, but it seems to be that anytime any other high-profile athlete, whether professional, semi-professional, college, high school, you know, whatever, um, you know, seems to display poor sportsmanship, they just get ridiculed left and right and, it just seems like their mistakes are put on front street faster than TB12. And I'm kind of getting sick of it. You're like, yeah, okay, you might be the GOAT per se. That's great. But just because you're given that, given that name and that title doesn't mean you can act like a jack-off. Absolutely not. Like, you need to, you need to display sportsmanship, period. Like, it, didn't take, it wouldn't have taken you but three seconds to go shake his hand. Like, yeah, you got beat. Eat it. Grill it, eat it up, and move on to the next week. Like, I cannot stand that. Like, don't sit there and be a poor sport. Like, you're getting paid You're getting paid to play the sport that you love. Some of us don't have that opportunity yet. Some of us aren't getting that opportunity yet, but we're, we're damn near there. So, you may, you know, he may need to, to re-humble himself. And, in fact, I hope he loses again just to, just to save face because why, why pick and choose who you're going to – you know, who you're going to shake hands with. You shake hands, they're doing the same exact thing that you are. They play better than you. Grow up, eat it, and get over it. Like, that that irks my life so much. And and Shannon Sharp actually 
hit it square in the nose today on on Undisputed. I was watching it, and, and he said, you know, he he knew everybody else well enough to shake their hands, but didn't know didn't know Jared Goff well enough to shake his hand or Nick Foles. I mean, and he's absolutely right. I'm so livid with him at this point. Holly, do you think it's just the fact that these younger quarterbacks are now like giving him the losses, where he's respecting his other peers that were playing with it in his era, the Breezes and the Rodgers? Do you feel like at this point the, um, the kids are just like, you know, putting a putting a W on him, and he's like, well, you know, this no, is crap, I, right? I don't know if it necessarily has to do with like age. I think it has to do with him losing. <laughs> so if you think about it, Foles beat him in the Super Bowl. You know, Goff got to the Super Bowl and played him. You know, so it's not like he doesn't know who these people are. I really just think it, it it is as simple as he's angry that he's losing. And, you know, to, to McKenzie's sure point, like, podium. I don't really think that's it. At the podium, he was like, yeah. one-liners, absolutely, didn't do a good job. You know, <laughs> the, well, it's like a, it's you, like a you know, totally we, different we, character. We talked about this before in that, this is an adjustment for Brady, um, you know, changing teams. He, I think he got kind of uh, sheltered or, or he felt that I think he was kind of mm-hmm. in a bubble a little bit with the Patriots. At the beginning of the year when they were struggling a little bit more, he was visibly yelling at his teammates, like, you know, when they wouldn't run the right route. And I understand that, like, that's frustrating. But I, I do think that he has shown his um, – lack of maturity at times this year, you know, and I know they've been up and down, but I don't know if it's necessarily like all on Brady that they're up and down. I think they're, they're, they haven't figured out their, their identity fully and that that's a process. And I think he's frustrated with that because that was, that part was never in question with the Patriots. They knew exactly who they were. He knew exactly what the playbook was. He was in the pocket of Belichick uh, and uh, Josh McDaniels forever. Right. So, He's used to like having everything schematically go his way and just be and have it just be a matter of executing it. And some of the issues they're having are like scheme and play calling and like stuff like that. And I think he's not used to that, but it's still not an excuse to treat people that way. Like no matter how big you are, no matter how many awards you have, I really do think it tells a lot about your character uh, when you treat other people that way. And so I don't think it it is acceptable, and I, I I'm kind of happy people are pointing it out because <laughs> it should be pointed out. Yeah, and I think it really. Do you think Arians making excuses for that, or is Arians' playbook not to Tom Brady's liking? Because I think there's a difference there between the two, and they're not come. I don't think they're bringing it out, but I think internally there's issues with the play calling, uh, the run, like you said, the lack of a run game as well. I mean, I think he's thrown over 400 passes, if I'm correct. So it's like kind of wear down the quarterback, basically. Yeah, there's something off, but I think that's to be expected. You have a whole new, you know, um, you know, scheme for for Tom Brady. You have somebody who was in the same system forever. You have a new uh, coach for him, uh, you know, and and, uh, some other additional new players. And, you know, normally in football, when you implement, like, a new offense, right, they usually say it's year three in that new offense that you really see the difference. Like, normally year one is, like, the install and number 
two is like fixing some of the mistakes. And number three is when you're like, okay, I got it. So I think it's, it's, you know, premature to make too many judgments, but I do think that there, there's some disconnect because they're not quite firing at all cylinders. You have moments where they're there, but the, the most obvious thing that I've seen when they run the ball, good things happen. When they don't run the ball, bad things happen. I think it primarily has to do with the defense needs to be honest, considering he's not a mobile guy. And right. I think that even though they have a, a great receiving core, it still matters. When when you play football, especially on the defensive side, you understand as a defensive player, if you have an offense that's one-dimensional, it makes your life so much easier. If you don't have to respect the run, it makes your life easier. Or if the only thing they do is run, it makes your life easier. You have to make the defense be honest. And I think that's part of the problem is they haven't found that balance yet. Once they do, they'll be fine. But in the meantime, Brady needs to chill out. You know, and just like McKenzie said, like, you lose, it sucks, nobody likes it, but you can't be mad at the other player because they did well and you didn't. Like, they're not your offensive coordinator. They didn't make the play call. You know what I mean? Shake their hand and move on. So you got to take the whipping, right? Take the whipping and move on, just the way it's got to be. Yes. Um, All right. So, Holly, you bailing on us? Yeah, I got to go, but I thank you guys so much, and I hope you guys have um, a great Thanksgiving. Appreciate that. You too. Uh, stay safe out there, and uh, we'll catch you here next week, see what we can get in college football. Uh, I think it's week 13, week 13 coming up. So we'll see what comes out, and then the rankings, keep an eye on the playoff uh, picture as well. So thanks for coming in, Holly. Appreciate it. All right. Have a good day. Bye. Kenzie, there you go. Um, I mean, I, I don't know. You know, at this point, we made a big deal out of it with Foles. Um, our, you know, and now we do this. I mean, at this point, if they don't make the playoffs, which I highly doubt they might not. I mean, they they might make the playoffs. But anyways, it might change everything in terms of attitudes and everything else. But um, let's go to week 12, McKenzie. Thursday night, Thanksgiving is what we're looking at right now. Um, your team's going to play on Thanksgiving. And then you have Houston, Detroit. You, you're playing the uh, – formal Redskins or the Washington football team. Uh, Ravens are taking on, I believe, who are they taking on? Pittsburgh? Yeah, Ravens on Pittsburgh. So let's start with the first game. Let's start with your game. Uh, Dallas, Washington, this is crucial because it, it could be front runner for the division. I'm, I'm going to say this. And I have to go back to, to this past weekend. I did not have my Cowboys winning. I'm just going to throw that out there. Although I'm glad that we won. We finally put – it's been a month since we've had a win, and we finally put together an entire four quarters of football. I need that same team to come back on Thursday because I don't have time to be listening to Washington football team fans tell me about how great – We get higher rating when you talk about the Cowboys and you're on the podcast just so – let's go factual there. So let's talk about Dallas more. You know, it's just – I just what what I need from Dallas is to bring that exact same team that played this past weekend Thursday, okay? Because that that was enlightening to see. That was like you know Andy Dalton was throwing touchdowns, uh, mm-hmm. Lamb was catching touchdowns. The defense was defending. I mean, I was loving it. I was a little leery, but I was still loving it. Um, I will state this, you know, as far as 
you know, I mean, and everybody knows this season, the, the NFC East is, is the absolute laughing stock of the NFL, and I'm totally okay with that. Um, totally okay with that, being a realistic fan that I am. Oscar, you know how I roll. Um, so Jennifer King's not winning? Crucial. Jennifer King and the Washington team is not going to beat you this weekend. Is that what you're saying? No, they no. Jay King, I love you, girl. Jay Five is my girl, but I no, no. My 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 Cowboys need this game more than her Washington team does at this point. Um, that's just a fact. I will also state because there's Eagles fans watch, listening right now. Um, that tie is about to hurt y'all. Just so you know. AKA Amanda Kelly. Wh- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and my. My friend Derek, a couple of my cousins are Eagles fans. That ties about to hurt you because, I mean, somebody has to win on win on Thursday and somebody has to lose. So whoever wins, you're automatically going to be knocked down a spot because you have a tie. So I don't know what to tell you. I just – I don't tell the Jets, aside, I just don't tell the Jets that they no <laughs> longer can qualify for the playoffs. <laughs> Man, I'm sorry, Jets. Y'all, y'all just don't qualify this time. It's okay. You know, we'll get you some cookies and milk, and you can watch. You know, watch and hang out till next season. You still got to play but the remaining all games. All joking but aside, you're out I, of just, the playoffs. I just, yeah, I just want this game to be competitive. Like that, that's it, really it all I'm looking for because it seems it to be. It should be competitive. I mean, you know, I'm, I think Dallas. To your point, yeah, they played really well the last two weeks. They played, and this past week, they played pretty well. We just gotta keep putting it together. Mhm. I mean, you got receivers. I mean, you got Cooper Lamb. You, I mean, there's there's weapons there. Uh, to your point, they should be able to take care of this. Um, we'll see how Washington acts on there. Gibson's pretty good. McLaurin's been uh, stepping up the game. Um, so I mean, their defense has improved. So it should be hopefully a close matchup. And to your point, uh, hopefully it's not a run train on Thanksgiving. But for the most part. It's, it's, it's a crucial matchup for both teams because even if, as bad as the division is, somebody's got to stand out. For sure. Yep, I definitely agree with you. All right. Um, should Baltimore be worried that the Steelers are coming? Because it looks like Baltimore's kind of plummeting. I'm not going to count them out just yet. I, I, I don't think that's – I don't think that's fair, especially because this is really the first time that we've seen Baltimore kind of plummet out of nowhere, it seems like. On the other hand, anything can happen on You do have Callie Brunson's Browns up and coming, and Baltimore can't afford to lose any more, a couple more games because then they are going to be in, in a pickle. So this is, this is a big matchup for them in terms of a, a, the division for the North. Because I really think if they can find a way to beat the Steelers, that says something about them in terms of, like like you said, staying in the mix. But if they don't, it, it's kind of looking like the Browns are going to sneak in into second place there. You're right. And I'm not superly mad about it. You know, I like me some of the some, some dog pound. I do. There's just something about Nick Chubb and Baker Mayfield that just make that just oh, yeah. I, I got Chubb in my I don't fantasy. know why. I'll tell you, he's pretty decent why that triple threat with Baker and Odell before he got hurt and Jarvis Landry there's just there's just something about those four players that literally keeps me watching and it drives me absolutely nuts 
because I cannot stand dog pound fans. But they play good football. That's a fact. They play good football when when everybody is focused and running on all cylinders. So I would well, be surprised like if the Browns Steelers. But are you saying the Steelers are going to win and beat the, the Ravens at this point? Yeah, that's essentially what I'm saying, Oscar. You're right. I mean, I'm just saying because uh, most of the the Ravens have played, I wouldn't say great football, but against the Steeler run game, they're balanced. Uh, they got really good weapons. Claypool, right? Um, you got Schuster. Uh, the defense is playing pretty good ball. So uh, I, I just don't see them winning, in other words. I don't see the Ravens pulling one out. Uh, stranger things have happened, of course, but at this point, protection up front has been weak on the offensive line for them. And I, I just think they're going to – I think uh, Pittsburgh's going to feast. Yeah, you know, I think it's, I think it's safe to say that, that Pittsburgh, that steel curtain, that is now back to being a steel curtain, is alive and well. I mean, I, there's not really much that I can say bad about them. I just I – don't, I don't see Baltimore winning this game. All right, I wanted to take them by three, but realistically – I think the Steelers yeah. are going to hand them, and they're going to hand it to them at least by ten. You guys, if you guys want to play NFL Week this week, you go to monkeyknife5.com. NJF is your code. Check it out right there. It's pretty easy to do. Fifty to up to a fifty dollar deposit minimum, ten dollars, one hundred percent match. Check it out. And Thursday night, all three games. Then Sunday night, evening game. Monday night, check us out. Monkeyknife5.com. That's our sponsor and really great platform, also owned by NFLPA, and we're really excited to be part of the branding. Um, Mackenzie, the first game, Houston-Detroit, Stafford up and down. Uh, Watson has improved the last two weeks. Um, so what do we say? You know, who, who do we deal with here? Or who do we outcome-wise? I, I'm, le- I'm leaning towards Detroit because of more firepower offensively. Um, I don't know what the uh, Texans will bring at this point. This is a tough one too. I love me some 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 Deshaun Watson. I really do. Like he, I mean, he and he, obviously he struggled this season and has been, but the past couple of weeks he's he's slowly coming out of that. You know that whole kind of like kind of like the Dallas Cowboys. They're they're slowly getting out of a hole, but I don't know if they. You know, if they started coming out of the hole fast enough or soon enough to make a huge impact on their season, and, but yet something just tells me that I should I should go for the Texans. I don't know what it is, but I think I'm going to stick with it. However, I You're will say that Houston, Detroit. I'm taking Detroit. Yeah, I'm, and if, if Detroit wins, it's going to be by three. It's not going to be a huge margin. It's going to be. Three. I'm going to take. I'm going to take the Texans by three, but I will state that if the Texans defense don't get on T.J. Hawkinson fast, it's going to be over fast. Uh, T.J. Hawkinson is one of the best tight ends in football and was when he came out of Iowa. If they don't cover him quick and find a way to shut him down or minimize him enough to where he can't do his job, it's it's not going to be pretty for them. Well, between him and Jones, I think uh, Stafford's got options. Yes. And the run game's pretty decent, I believe, with Peterson. So 
Um, like you said, Houston really has to show up. Um, and Detroit has a tendency to completely play so conservative with Patricia that they give games away, which is sad. Yeah, and which is which is the annoying part is they play very sound football, and it's the small mistakes that kick them in the behind. Yeah, I, I just I, I think that's one of the Achilles heels for them. Is but uh, hopefully that's the case. I'm taking Detroit. You're taking Houston. You're taking Dallas. I'm going to go with Jen King for the upset in Washington. So I'm going to go with Jen King. Just and then uh, I'm taking Pittsburgh over Baltimore. On the third, on the Thanksgiving night, so I think Pittsburgh's just a lot more impressive. Um, let's go into Sunday, Mac. Let's just so we go Tennessee, Indiana. One more time, they meet up. Last time they meet, that uh, uh, Indy defense really showed up and sh- almost shut down almost everything that Tennessee had. They just showed up, and they and they're they're playing really good ball right now. So uh, this is for a division rival game this is for first place i believe so i'm expecting nothing less uh from philip rivers and that d uh ndd to come back again man (laughs) that was such a wild game i mean wow (laughs) Ooh, i i still can't get over that i really can't philip rivers is something else you know, we talked about him a, a couple of shows ago. You know, you, you spend the Ironman length of your career in in a, in a Chargers uniform, essentially go into free agency and then, you know, get, get pick up a contract with the Colts, and you are just firing on all cylinders handily, and now you're in contention for, you know, for division first place spot. I think I have to go with the Colts. It's a better really place do. for him to be in this division than in the West. Because literally in this division, if he just plays decent ball, lets the D do its job, and he's got pretty good weapons in Hines and company, I mean, if he just plays to manage the game, and given the fact he's got such a, still a good arm, uh, uh, the Colts could be a, a kind of like a surprise team like we talked about with Miami. Yeah, and, and to be honest, I kind of see the both of them doing that. You know, being the surprise team, it's just it's just who's going to get there first is, you know, the outlying question because then, you know, home field advantage comes into play, records come into play, things of that nature. So you're taking Tennessee or Indy? With the, I'm going with Indy. I'm I taking think Indy's going to come in. I'm taking – I'm taking Indy, and a lot of my Tennessee fan friends are going to hate me. But yeah. I would not be surprised if if Derrick Henry just outlandishly ran all over their that cover two defense they play over there in Indy. Um, I would not <laughs> would not be surprised. I just I think Indy is going to edge them by probably by. I really, I really think so. They they did focus on Henry the last time, and they really were able to do a good job of containment in terms of the defense, and they forced Tannehill to throw, and he was not able to execute. So uh, on the flip side, Rivers did a really good job, and then they balanced the attack. So uh, I, like I said, I'll give the edge to Indy. Um, TB12, Mahomes. TB12, Mahomes. 
TB12 coming off the pissed off, non-shakeable hand at the end with the Rams. Doesn't usually lose back-to-back games. Should Kansas City be afraid? I mean, we saw what happened after TB12 lost against the Bears and Nick Foles. And he came back and completely obliterated the next three teams that he played. With that being said, I think you have to be afraid because of what Tom Brady is capable of when he's fully focused and when the team is fully focused. I don't know if anybody knows anything about sports, but you know there seems to be uh, this really cool thing we call the captain or that it guy. Tom Brady happens to be that it guy, and he seems to be the one to get everybody focused and ready to go, whether you're on the same side of the ball as he is or the opposite side. He is that guy. He is that hype man. He's the one that says, look, this is what we got to do. And I think a lot of it is going to come down to that, but more or less with himself. So, and I think once, once uh, the team sees that, once his team sees that, there's, there's really no stopping him from, there's no, there's no reason why Campbell Bay shouldn't beat Kansas City, to be honest. There's absolutely no reason. If you see the tape this weekend against the Rams, you look at the game, drop balls by Fournette, you had issues with coverages, the plays were a little off, um, he was basically getting mangled by the defense. So if you're the Chiefs, there's your formula to, for intimidation. So I think if Mahomes, can, if Mahomes does what golf did, uh, or golf did, was doing, this uh, it's going to be a long night for the for the uh, the Bucks. Yeah, I mean, I have to agree with you. I absolutely have to I agree mean, with you. If, however, Mac, Mac, if if Cooper Cup can get that many uh, yards after the catch, imagine what uh, what Hill can do. Yeah. Oh man, see now you're making this difficult, Oscar. I'm just bringing out the facts. What I'm saying is that that Tampa Tampa whole thing, for me, when I was watching the game, I was like, on my side, I was like, my team was like, why can't we put them away? Put them away, McVay, right? But at the same time, I'm sitting there going, they might have put in us, they might have won the game if they hadn't hadn't made those mistakes, right? And if the line would have held a lot longer for Brady. So the, the KCD is not that bad. KCD is pretty solid. So Mahomes, with the gaps that they showed against the Rams, if he can expose them with Kelsey and uh, and uh, and Hill, man, it could be a long night, and we could see another Tom Brady pissed off month. I just don't think I don't think Tom Brady pissed off two weeks in a row is a thing. I just I just don't see it. I I got you know I got to stick with TV twelve. I have to. I just I don't see him losing twice back to back. Okay, I'm going with Mahomes. I'm 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 going to go opposite of you. I'm going with Mahomes, and I think okay. I think I think the Bucks are going to get their their butts put in check again, and he's gonna, not going to be a happy camper this week again. So you're 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 banking you're banking on TV12 to be an angry TV12 for a second week in a row, huh? That's bold, off. I just think I think if he comes in with a focused mentality, which I think they will come in. Uh, I just feel like the Chiefs will get an edge. I mean, I don't think they'll get blown out, but I think it's get, the Chiefs will do enough to where they they'll they'll pull it off. All right. I mean, we'll be watching Oscar. So 
All right. We're good. I'm, I'm going KC. You're going TB. That's good. We're on opposite, so we'll see who's right on Sunday at this point. Um, cheese haters that you hate will take on the my wife's Ooh. Chicago Bears that apparently she's very disappointed in in the last four weeks. <laughs> you know, I just realized Green Bay lost. <laughs> Ooh, that brings me so much I, did, I didn't bring it up for you. I don't know why. Cute moment. You always have this moment when somehow the Chiefs has lose. <laughs> I just love it. It's like Stephen A. with Dallas. I'm the same way with the Chiefs head. Like, I don't That's actually true. have you anything. Are. You, you get so elated and happy. You know, I just – I don't have any – I personally don't have anything against the Green Bay Packers football team itself. The athletes and the players on the team, I have absolutely nothing against. It is, it's just like Stephen A. It's a fan base that is outlandishly – just oh, I just made. Sometimes they make me want to run my face into the wall, and the fact that they lost this weekend just made me giggle. And I was so elated because Dallas won, and they couldn't say nothing. And, you know, of course, I had a couple people trying to say whatever. I said, "Y'all can't say nothing." Okay, we might be in three and seven, but we on the win column this week. Have a seat, okay. Uh, my wife is nagging. I am because her coach Nagy is not doing his job, and she just said the season's over. You know, I, I kind of have to agree with her. And I don't want to agree with her because I like Chicago. I like the Bears, okay? The Mack truck is on that team, okay, the original. I'm like, I'm 2.0. He's the original, okay? I think Green I think Green Bay is uh, going to hand them another L on the silver platter handily. And I can't believe I'm taking Green Bay. Bay. I think it's a crucial game for Green Bay because Minnesota is really playing pretty good ball the last two weeks. So they got to stay in the mix. And then we have no idea what Detroit will do. If Detroit wins against Houston, then there's another. So it's going to get interesting in that division. Uh, the Bears keep sliding. So it's unfortunate, but, you know, they somehow keep sliding. So um, let's go to Atlanta, Las Vegas. The Raiders really showed that they could stay, you know, with the Chiefs. Now you have a revitalized Atlanta Falcons team. So now they're in the mix in that um, South. So we'll see how they, they mix in with TB12 and the DeVries. Uh Atlanta somehow has turned it around. From the beginning of the season, since they fired the coach, it seems like they've got new life. You know, this is really something for me because I have a lot of Georgia, you know, University of Georgia fans who also double as Atlanta Falcons fans. And their, their season of football in general as a, a a Georgia fan-based, you know, team fan is very just up and down. It's up and down with, with the Bulldogs, and it's definitely down or had been with the Falcons until they fired the coach, which it's funny how that happens. You know, Oscar – you know, they say don't don't fix it if it ain't broken or fix mm-hmm. it if it actually is broken. They fix they well, they temporarily fixed it by removing the head coach from the team. And now they suddenly seem to be running on all cylinders, which is I don't know if, if it's like a fake ID kind of thing or if it's just really that the coach was really holding them back. I can't decide. Do you think they were just really tired? Because you really think like 
you know how they have uh, people say that sometimes coaches lose the locker room? Do you think that was the case with Quinn? It's just like they lost the locker room. Maybe they just weren't receptive. And then they, they made the change, and here you go. They're, balance, they're balancing the run with Gurley. They're really focusing on – well, Julio Jones came back, so Julio Jones is there. Um, so they, they really have a balanced attack now, and Ryan seems like to have a little bit new life. So uh, it, it's good for them because they really, need, they really needed it in that change because they were sliding, and it was horrible. And uh, on the flip side with the Raiders, it's like a brand-new team here. So it's really good for them because New City, even though they don't have any fans right now, it's kind of enthusiastic for Vegas fans to see the Raiders relevant. Yeah. Oh, man, this is just – man, you know, sometimes sometimes football can be overwhelming, and this is one of those times because there's just so many factors that go into some of these teams that we're talking about. You know, Atlanta is turning it around, and – I, I almost don't want to count them out, but I feel like it's too late to count them in. Like, does that make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. That's what I'm saying, because they yeah. have Tampa in the mix. You've got New Orleans still playing pretty decent ball. Uh, we won't if, – if Tampa loses this weekend, Atlanta wins, then we're looking upside for Atlanta. You know what I mean? Total upside. Yeah, and I really hope – I, I want to see them. I want to see them get in so bad. Like I want to see them get in so like like badly. I just don't think it's going to happen this season. Only because it's just, you know, it's just Waller and Jacobs, or are you going to stick with Julio and company and Ryan? And, uh, I'm taking the Raiders. I'm going go to go against the green. Yeah, I'm. I'm going to go opposite of you. I'm. I'm going to take. Maddie Ice and Julio Jones for the W this week. The only reason I'm taking the Raiders is because I have them in my fantasy. <laughs> so I, I want the point. Oh. <laughs> I'm being biased here. That's fair. They're on my team. So. <laughs> uh, full disclosure. <laughs> full disclosure. Um, go Waller and go Jacobs <laughs> on Oscar's team. Let's keep, let's Fine. see what we got to do. Oh, my QB is good I mean, this weekend. I got my QB and it is in uh, TB12, <laughs> so I'm good. <laughs> it's uh, it's actually Russell Wilson, so I hope he'll do well. <laughs> but uh, we'll see. Um, I can't I can't go wrong with Wilson. I mean, he's got one bad one bad game out of, or two bad games out of like the whole season normally. Um, so let's go to week 12 in the matchups. So. Um, let's see here. Seattle against Philly on Monday night. Seattle really needs to win this. And Philly, based on what happens on Thursday, right, has to stay, try mm-hmm. to stay in, in the race. So it's crucial for Wentz, or is it more crucial for Wilson? Um, it's more crucial for Wentz, to be honest. And I'm taking Russell Wilson for this for this win. Not even going to lie. Um, I definitely have zero problems going against my conference base, but Russell Wilson and his team are just all around. They're, they're all around better. They're playing better football all around right now. And that, I mean, and that's a fact. Anybody, the records speak alone. When you go back and watch the game tape, the, you know, 
penalties are what has been kicking the living crap out of the Eagles. And it's, and it's the small penalties. It's not like pass interference or, you know, holding calls. It's like chippy stuff, you know, because it, it's almost like they're in a desperation to, mm-hmm. you know, to try to stay in that top spot, which is a, which is a fair enough assessment because it's true. However, the, 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 the amount of points that they're winning by or have won by doesn't match the play that they're displaying. Now, on the other hand, with, with Russell Wilson, it matches almost dead on to the play and to the amount of points. So I'm, I'm definitely taking Russell Wilson by 10. Too many weapons in Seattle to, uh, to assume that they would just give this game away. You know what I mean? Just too many weapons. Lockett and uh, Metcalf. Uh, and, and then, you know, I don't think the, the Philly D is as potent as any D in the NFC West. So I, I, I agree with you. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I just don't see Philly doing much, you know, much damage to um, the Seahawks. I just, I see them, I see them making it competitive for the first, I'll give them first half and then. Russell Wilson and DJ, you know, DK Metcalf just take away with it. All right. So if you guys haven't subscribed to our podcast, I have no idea where you're drinking or where you're at. <laughs> so wake up is the word. Uh, if you haven't subscribed to our podcast, Fact. it's on, it's on uh, iHeart, Apple, Spotify, and every other platform you can think of. Uh, thanks to Block Talk Radio for helping us out with that. And it's on globalwomensportsradio.com as well. So, if you haven't subscribed, right, Mac, you're probably living under a rock because we've been going for, what, 10 years now, over 300 episodes. We've probably interviewed Literally. everybody in the game. Everybody in the game has come on to this podcast at one point or another. If you go back, the pioneers of the sport, plus everybody that's relevant now, and even amazing, inspirational, iconic persons like Sam Gordon that we interviewed today. So if you go back to our podcast, you got over, what, uh, two months' worth of podcasts. Get out. We had uh, Viri Lieberman. Remember that, Mac? Angelica Grayson, Born to Play. Mm-hmm. Awesome documentary. The talented Wynn Domini, WFA, giving us the insights on what's happening there. That was in 3.30. We go back to Adrian Smith. I love her. 3.25, historic Adrian Smith. Uh, 3.24, we had Sherry Waga and Daniel Harvey, LFL legends. Uh, 3.31, the Michelle Marshall. We had 332 as Chris Sacco giving us all the lowdown on the Utah Girls Football League. We have uh, the IWFA, which is the Intense Eight coming up in 2021. And we had uh, Terrence Haywood as well as Rod Woodson, 338 and 334. We had Coach Stone here, who's always got informative uh, you know, books that you can learn on football and everything else you can use in your programs at 335. Coach uh, Devin Jones, 336. V. Tisha Winfrey. 337 plus Dion Lee as well. So I don't know if you're not subscribing to us. I don't know where you're at, right? But technically, you can't get enough Mac. That's all I got to say. Can and get enough of Mac Mackenzie Brooks. You know, Oscar, I just, I love you. I do. And I really love the fact that people can't get enough of us, but you literally can't get enough of us, especially if you're on the hub. If you're on the hub, you would know that. If you are following us on, on various social medias, y'all would know that. So I suggest you get on the hub and get on the social medias to know that. 
I'm just, you know, throwing that out there. The hub has everything you need. Handles, social media takes, things about Sam Gordon. You know, if you were on the hub, y'all would have known we were bringing her on. So if you're not on the hub, I don't feel sorry for you. And you know what, Mac? If you're at the hub, you got it all. The lowdown's there. I don't know why you would not be at the hub. You get the lowdown every week because we are the best network on the planet. So we got to give a props and shout out to all the people that collaborate with us because they make it happen. And they're passionate about women's American football. And that's at the hub. So you go to the hub if you want to be in the know. Truth. That's a fact. That's a fact. Not nothing else. So uh, thank you for nope. uh, monkeyknifefight.com for giving us the platform and supporting our podcast, keeping us on the air. Uh, it takes money to be on the air, and they're more than gracious to supply that money for us to be on the air to bring attention and awareness to Women's American Football Weekly. The best podcast on the planet is right here. You're listening to it with the best ana- analysts on the planet, Mackenzie Brooks, Holly Custis, Nate Ward. And prior to that was Louise Bean. So we have – what you want, if you want to know. So uh, since we are segueing into that, uh, Mac, let's go to Australia. We're down in Australia. That's where the action is right now. Anytime during the year, guess what happens, Mac? Women are playing American football, no matter what, in the globe, 24-7, 12 months out of the year. Where are we at? We are covering it all because that's where they're at. Uh, Let's go to Gridiron West, Mac. Gridiron West this past weekend – Really exciting. Uh, 14 weeks still to go. Uh, or actually, I think 10, almost 12 weeks still to go in the season. It's going to end up in January. So this past weekend, we had a tie. Wolverines, Titans for the tie. Um, so it was a really good, really good matchup. Ended at the end with a tie. So a competitive matchup. Uh, we said one of these teams is going to get a win, and uh, <laughs> none of them got a win. They got a tie. <laughs> So that was it's not cool. I guess. Everybody's looking forward to a win. You know, I'm almost positive as I was watching this game that I predicted this was going to happen. That I was at work watching the game with one of my coworkers, and I said, "Nothing is happening right now." I said, "Both of them are going to score, and then it's, nobody's going to win. It's just going to be a straight tie." And I was right. And I had to stop watching in the middle of the game to to go drive to football practice. And, you know, and and now we're here. Now we have a tie. I didn't get to watch the rest of the game, and I didn't get to see if my prediction was right until today. Yeah, and it's just it's it, we were looking, we were so looking forward to this was going to be the you know first win for either team, and it's got to be a bummer, you know, <laughs> you go into the game, and at the same time it's not right because these teams are kind of evenly matched, so they played their heart out till the end, right? Yes. Absolutely. So uh, you walked out pretty much what a winner on both sides. So let's just leave it at that, right? Pretty competitive. Yeah, I was. I came out even, Oscar. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's talk about Ro- uh, Rockingham Vipers. Vicious is the word. Okay, vicious. Week one, Mac, forty-four to zero. Adios, West Coast Wolverines. Okay, and then week two, fifty-four to zero. Adios, Swan City Titans. <laughs> They're just murdering people. And this week, 46-6 to six against the Curtain Saints. So uh, I guess I, their their name speaks for itself. 
Yeah, you know, um, I shouldn't be surprised yet. Here Shout I out am. to the D. Shout, Shout out to the D. Out. Shout out to the D. Uh, I mean, uh, obviously the yeah. offense too, but shout out to the D, right? Yeah, I yeah, fact. Anytime you can put a donut on the board at the end of the game, that you you got to give a shout out to the D, right? Yeah, you know, if you can keep you you know, if your offense is just scoring and scoring, and your defense keeps that keeps that score at at a solid donut the entire game. Ninety percent of that is is defense. I I gotta I have to agree with you. Yeah, shout out to the D. Shout out to the Aussie girls in W A. That's what we gotta give a shout out to the the Rockingham Vipers. Just killing it this year, just killing it. Um, and they're just getting started. <laughs> that's what it looks like. <laughs> so that's not good for everybody else. No, it, it's not. And I mean, it's good for everybody else like us. You know, fans and spectators of of the sport and league, but for the other teams in in the league, it's definitely not a good thing because the the, the Rockingham Vipers have been uh, dominant for a while. And again, like I say every week, I don't think that, I don't think there's anything going to stop them. Maybe like the Green Bay Packers, and even then, I don't think they would stop them. No, they're they're doing really good. Uh, I mean, to I mean the other teams, this is the benchmark. So if you're listening in WA, I mean, this is the benchmark, right? If you're gonna put, if you're gonna punch somebody in the teeth, and think you're legit, and you think you're on a, at another level, then you you uh, look forward to the Vipers on your schedule, because <laughs> it's gonna me- it could be a measuring stick for you. Yeah, yeah, you know, if I'm if I'm other teams in this league. I'm literally marking this, marking that game we play the Vipers every season, because that's one mark that I want to try to get better by. And at this point, the Vipers are, you know, they're the face of that league. They've just been so, they've just been so dominant. And it seems like, you know, they lose talent, they lose, they like they, you know, talent leaves, but they it never leaves. You know, they may lose players, but it's almost like they replace players of the same exact caliber. Yeah, they're they're really good. You can get the photos from this weekend's game, the forty-six to six slaughter of the Curtain Saints, right there at the hub, and you can get all the all the excitement right there. Um, Mac, this coming week, the twenty-eighth, it's going to be the Blitz against the Titans. Titans coming off a tie, the Blitz coming off a thirty-two to zero defeat from uh, from the Battle of Perth against the Broncos, and then the Wolverines that just tied. Against the Swan City, will take in, will be taking on the the Perth Broncos, which is right neck and neck, right below uh, the Vipers. So number two team in WA taking on Wolverines and the Blitz, looking to rebound after a 32 to zero defeat by the Broncos. So interesting matchups this weekend: Blitz against the Titans and Broncos against the Wolverines. Oh, Battle of Perth is always a great conversation. It really is because one year it's like you know one side of the world is is, is dominant, and then the next year it's the other side. And surprisingly enough, this year both sides have been pretty freaking equal. So the fact that that this you know the, the results of, of this 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 year's Battle of Perth is not shocking to me. It, 
you know, in, uh, every year we go into this, I always feel like I'm going to be shocked or surprised or have a different outcome. Nope, this is um, this is the same exact outcome, which is good because you know it means that that the game itself is is competitive. So uh, Broncos looking for a three and zero start. If they take care of Wolverines at this point, it'd be three and zero start. They're going to be right neck and neck with uh, the Vipers. So number one, number two, and then I believe next the week after we will see Vipers Broncos. So that's going to be a great week to see who's going to be top dog in WA. All right, uh, let's go to uh, New South Wales. It was unfortunate the uh, UNSW Raiders against the Sydney Lions got canceled because of a player that obviously had to be uh, taken to an ambulance. So they sw- uh, they took care of the, of the game. In other words, they're going to not play the game. So it was a 0-0 uh, equal match at that point So because of the injury. So hopefully the player is in good spirits and everything is great. From what we hear, everything's okay. Um, so the Raiders basically and the Lions kind of a nullified game. So it was like a non, non-played game. Uh, the other game did get played. You can get the photos at the hub right there. Uh, CC Sharks, uh, 24 to 14, they lose to the champion North Sydney Rebels. So this is a, a great matchup to see the highlights there also. Um, so, Mac, uh, the Rebels, defending champs, kind of struggling early here. They get this good win against the, the up-and-coming Sharks. Sharks have been hot for the last two weeks. Uh, but, unfortunately, Sydney, way, uh, way better team this time around. So 24-14. Ooh, man, I, Oscar, you always know I have, I have, I always have problems deciding with the Australia, Australia lead. And I, I, yet again, here we are and I can't decide. I just, and we talked, you know, we talked about this in, in our, in our, our pod chat and I, and I still come to the same problem of not being able to pick. Well, you know what? Sydney is playing good. Sydney is a great team. They're the champs. Um, they have not let down. Uh, coming off last week, the week before, it's uh, 44-0 against the, the Uni Lions. The Sharks really played really well last weekend against the Giants. Um, this week, I think it was a challenge for them to, to try to muscle up with the champs, but uh, the Rebels do pull the win out 24-14. Uh, looking forward to next week, UNSW Raiders, uh, based on the nullified game, will be taking on the UT Giants. UT Giants are winless all season. Uh, they are 0-4, uh, looking for the first win of the season, and I don't think it's going to come against the Raiders. You know, I have to agree with you. I don't think – I think they're going to get a win or get the first win. It's not going to be against the Raiders, though. Absolutely not. Yeah, not going to happen. <laughs> I just, I can pretty much say it's not going to happen. <laughs> But, uh, you know, UTS girls out there, I mean, you can surprise us, right, Nat? Any On any given Sunday. So it could happen. But Yes, literally, any given, given game day, anything can yeah, happen. given the fact. Yeah. Um, the uh, New South Wales season is going to end on December 5th. So we got about two weeks left, and then we get the uh, playoff seedings. So the uh, Sydney Rebels, uh, the North Sydney Rebels, looking to go back-to-back champions. Uh, that's their goal right now is to try to uh, hoist the trophy one more time. And uh, then the CC Sharks uh, and the UNSW Raiders right there, uh, right behind them. So um, at this point, it's going to be a three-way battle probably. Uh, the Raiders, no surprise to lifting the trophy in uh, New South Wales. 
They've had, they've won multiple uh, multiple trophies. Shout out to uh, Shiloh Phillips out there, a Noja football athlete, and Renee uh, Renee Hahn, as well as CC Sharks outstanding QB uh, Aliyah Kamali. So shout out girls out there, great job, keep it going. Uh, we've got what two weeks in the season. Another situation where I'm yet again here stuck for, you know, a decision. You know, at this point, I'm pretty much going to go with whoever you pick, Oscar, because I'm so sick of being indecisive. I hate it. I can't stand it. Especially because I've, I've done my research. I'm going to say Raiders, Raiders and Rebels in the final. That's my pick right now. I, I think that's what it's going to look like. Uh, the Sharks could surprise, but I think Raiders Raiders and Sydney in the final, It's what it, that's what it's going to you know, it's going towards. So um, check it out. And I want to give Aussie love, uh, Mac. Uh, they love you in Aussie land. Our, we increased our viewership, our listenership, uh, about 1%. So now we were at one, one and a half, and we went to two. This past weekend um, in Australia, we are up to 3% view, uh, listenership. So shout out to all the Aussie girls out there that listen to us weekly. Really awesome. Thank you very much for the support. Aussies, I love all of you. I literally do. You guys are amazing. Like, just the, the not even just in the states, but like it's the international and, and global feedback that we get is that what is what keeps this podcast, you know, going and keeps it afloat. And it it starts with the people that are outside of where we live. So huge shout out to you guys. Yeah, they're doing great. Um, just what a reminder. Nine aside WA, nine aside NSW in terms of play. So you know it's fast play, nine aside. It's not 11. Uh, Queensland is 11, and we're looking forward to the first 11s championship in Queensland. Hendeka taking on Aces 2, and that's going to come up here in about a week or so, week and a half. We'll have everything covered on that historic moment for that program to go from a 7-9 and now to 11s. So that's a big moment, Mac. It's a historic uh, uh, accomplishment for them, and they really want to, uh, you know, get themselves ready for the next IFAB World Championships. Oh, the IFAB Championships. Oh, man. I can't believe – first of all, I can't believe it's that time of year already. Like, We're almost it, a year I, out. Isn't that crazy? We're I almost just, a year out. So, I mean, it's wild. I love it, though. And again, I'm still here. I am stuck without a decision. Somehow, I think there's going to be like a magical four-way tie. All I'm going to tell you is the next world tournament, uh, the Australian girls are going to be more well prepared. I can tell you that right now, because they they already, you know, that was pretty historic in 2017 in Vancouver. But I think this is this next time around, they they're really going to ump their game. Uh, I think their showing should be almost as good as Mexico, you know, when Mexico showed up with the bronze. Yeah, you know, and it's going to be, oh, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting, especially because, you know, some leagues have had to have that, had to have to take the COVID year off for everything. And some leagues have been able to play all season round. So I think some teams in some countries are going to be more fresh and ready to go. And some teams are going to have that. We still have to get, you know, knock off the rust because we haven't, you know, actually hit and had game scenarios and such for a year or more. So it's going to be, it's going to be an interesting turnout. I'm, I'm excited. All right, guys, let's give a shout out to the Meliki bouncers. 
from Finland, they officially announced they are going to the Maple League. The Maple League is the top league in Finland. It is basically the WFA, the WNFC of Finland. And they had been Division One. So, uh, an example, uh, Mac, uh, you know how we have, uh, you know, Tier 1, Tier 2, Tier 3. In Finland, you have Tier 1, Tier 2, Tier 3. So, the McKelly Bouncers have been champions, back-to-back champions in Tier 2 uh, from 2019 to 2020. And now they were accepted to go to Tier 1. Congratulations to the Bouncers organization, to the girls out there. Uh, they are going to be now in the next season. They are going to be competing with the four top teams in Finland. Which, and they're going to be one of them, which is awesome. Oh, God, I love that. That's great. You know, I know the last time we, we talked about, you know, them trying to make a decision on where they were going to go, they were, everything was still up in the air because it was right at, you know, right at the start of COVID. So the fact that they've, they've been able to get into a league and they've, you know, uh, announced it and, you know, happily announced it makes me happy that, you know, they get to play. They, you know, I, I don't even care what league is what what league it is, as long as you get the opportunity to play and fulfill that opportunity is, I think, what matters most to those players. And they are a very top team. The last two years, very durable. Uh, so they, uh, they deserve to be upgraded to the Maple League. So, um, so congratulations to them. Now they're going to go into uh, the Maple League. You get the details there right there at the hub at facebook.com forward slash beauties. Uh, shout out to Cynthia Deck who was featured on Global Women's um, Magazine. You get the article there, WFLA, face of the WFLA, Santia Deck, also the owner of the Tranis Official Shoe. So if you check it out on our stories, you can check out the latest styles there. She's doing some wonderful things there with her branding as well. And if you missed it, The Arrival by Sammy Grisafi. The Arrival by Sammy Grisafi on our Instagram and also on our Facebook. Go check it out, SammyGrisafi.com. You go to Spotify and look it up, The Arrival. Uh, if you check the video out, Mac, it's pretty pretty uh, well done. I love Sam. Oh, man, I love her. And that video was hot. I knew that I was like, okay, girl. I was like, I see you out here doing your thing. You better work. Oh, and I just, I love how humble she is. That's the, that's yeah. the best part about it is, you know, you get put in a, you get placed in a, in a, you know, maybe a little bit better position than others or a little bit better position than you were before, and, you, and you're able to stay humble, that's, I think, the best part about, you know, being able to progress into, you know, different, you know, situations or, you know, positions, depending on, you know, whatever the situation is. So being able to stay humble in kind of, you know, her getting into the limelight so far has been amazing. Yeah, and if you missed it, it's uh, Sammy's on our podcast, so you can scroll back down to our podcast on Apple Podcasts or any other platform, and you get the interview right there as we featured and previewed the Open Field movie before the premiere, so you check it out right there. Just search uh, Sammy Grisalfi or Gridiron, check it out right there. As we said before, Mac, we've, we've been able to talk to what, every from uh, every pioneer, probably the modern era players in our sport, and over 300 episodes, and if you missed it, you can go back and do the reel. And if you're bored, you can listen to every podcast. Facts, 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 facts. Sometimes I do that. I sometimes I go back and listen to our some of our old shows just because I can. And it's yeah, good it's stuff. Great. It's quality um, content. It is. I mean, that's what I'm saying. We're, we have amazing people that come on, make the time, and they're very relevant in our sport. And we appreciate all their time as well. And 
a lot of these are game changers. She's one of them. Sam Samer Grisafi, game changer. Absolutely, she's definitely she's a pioneer. She she either is or needs to be a Hall of Famer. It needs to happen. And if she is a Hall of Famer, she needs to be in there twice. I don't know if they do that, but yeah, good 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 call. You know, I, I speak I know, truth. I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. Um, shout out to Janice Masters, former uh, Pittsburgh Passion Badass, uh, and she is announced. WNFC announces her to the front office to uh, be in a leadership role, and uh, she was uh, an outstanding player, a three-time national champion in uh, IWFL plus WFA, uh, and um, you know, and, and I'm sorry, NWF. I think NWF. FA, and then obviously in the IWFL. So um, shout out to Janice Masters on there. You can get it at the hub. You get the details right there. On top of that, WNFC are doing a lot of stuff coming up here in, what, we got three months to the season, four months to the season. WNFC really stepping up their game. You have the reimagined book with the introduction of the uniforms. You can go to the uh, WNFC shop now for any Christmas gifts that you need and, and check out all the gear there. Uh, they're also introduced this uh, week uh, was her – uh, her game, the magazine, is going to premiere coming up in January 2021. So uh, I don't know, Mac. Your your league is really stepping up their game. That's what we do. That's what we do, Oscar. You, I mean, you already know the mantra. That's what we do. Step your game up. WNFC proud. Okay. I don't know how many times I have to tell y'all this, but again, if y'all went to the hub, y'all would understand. If y'all followed us on social media, you would understand. If you're not following the blitz, you know the gridiron blitz. If you're not following Oscar and all and all of us on social media, if you're not following the WNFC, I don't feel sorry for you if you don't know what's going on. Okay. All right, the best network on the planet lives at the hub, so that's all we got to say now. That's where it's at. Go to the hub, get all the lowdown, everything that's happening in the sport. You get the lowdown. That's it. Bottom line. Um, Mac, we got to shout out the Minnesota Vixen. Longest running franchise in tackle football in the United States, um, and so we they have a fundraiser going. Given uh, givenmn.org, you guys can go donate. They're trying to raise five thousand dollars. Any any money will help. Twenty dollars minimum. I mean that's pretty easy to do. Um, and so you want to help out the Minnesota Vixen uh, succeed for the next season. That's where it's at. Uh, givenmn.org. And so, uh, and even uh, if you want to check them out on their social page, you'll you'll see one Mack truck in the highlights against Tank Nelson. So, oh man, I still remember that game. She like that game was the both of us going back and forth. I would hit her, she would run through me. I would hit her, she would run through me. And, and it was just that they ended up beating us badly. But I just remember that game specifically because I'm like. I wonder what it would be like to have the both of us on one team. That would be scary. You got a great tip anybody. on, by the way. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, for sure. No, I, there's no doubt. I I missed big take on the field. Oh, man. There's some memories there. So you go to Minnesota Vixen uh, women's football right there. Uh, check it out and support the girls up there. The longest-running franchise in women's tackle football in the United States. So that uh, says a lot. I think the Sharks were – number one after that, but they're the longest one now standing. And uh, Laura Brown and company, they do a really fantastic job, you know, in, in the organization over the last uh, 20 years that they've been in, in, you know, in existence. 
So shout out to the Minnesota Vixen out there as well. And um, I don't know, Mac, uh, what else do I got? Notes here. Let me just go over my notes. Oh, you can get uh, the feature uh, of Larissa Piera, who is uh, embarking on the WFLA 2021, and I believe she's going in San Diego Tritons, if I'm correct. And she was on a, Miss, a Mitsubishi commercial. She formerly, uh, formerly played for the Portuguese uh, football uh, f- uh, female team in Brazil. And then you get a feature there about the 37 Brazilians that are going to be embarking into the U.S., coming over to play for a couple teams on the West Coast. And so uh, there's a feature there as well. And you get the lowdown on everything that happened in the NFL, the playoff picture in the NFL by CBS Sports, fantasy football waiver for week uh, 12 to get you ready for the next week. You get the NFL recaps uh, week 11 plus uh, college football recaps. So everything's at the hub in terms of football and women's football. So I don't know where you're at, but you need to get to the hub. That's all I got to say. You know, I sound like a broken record, Oscar, but, I mean, you just keep hitting it on the head. If you're not out the hub, I don't feel sorry for y'all. Get yourself to the hub. Follow us on social media because we're literally on there. I don't. Some of us don't even sleep a lot, so we're constantly posting, resharing things. And that's, that's just how we do. We got a Black Friday sale, 20% off at the Zazzle shop, no joke football shop. So go right there. Thank you, everybody, that purchased uh, our stuff. Uh, we have really, really appreciate it. If you have any picks, send them out, uh, direct message on our Facebook, on our Twitter. And so check it out, 20% off Black Friday sale at Zazzle.com forward slash Grand Beauties. Really appreciate it. And if you are not doing anything Monday night, Thursday night, you check it out. Go to Twitter at Gridiron Beauty, and we are doing Monday night and Thursday night and we're having a great time over there. So go to Twitter at Great Iron Beauty. So, uh, Mac, anything else you want to tell the fans that they need to do? I mean, other than, like I said, follow us, subscribe to us, follow us on Instagram, social media, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat, uh, LinkedIn, you know, whatever the other ones are, Tumblr. I don't even have a Tumblr, but it sounds cool. TikTok, if you have it. I don't have my TikTok anymore, but if anybody else has on the end of the uh, co-host have it, follow us. All right. So if you guys want to dive into the sport, really appreciate you guys coming in. Thank you to Sam Gordon today. An amazing interview. Awesome, uh, inspirational athlete. And we look, we wish you so much good, good success. And then thanks for all the customers for coming in here, talking uh, NFL and college football. And as always for the salty one here, Oscar Lopez saying here, we are going to be here for three forty nine. Uh, have a great Thanksgiving, everybody. Uh, Take care, and we'll see you here next week.